think that's an important thing for people to understand is that like for you whether it's your fitness your business or whatever it is you're trying to get the next level is like the first step is realizing like you've always got other levels you can grow to nowadays it's one of these things where people will go this is broken just park it and move it's like my like me and my dad's relationship was shite i didn't i i was willing to park it but then whenever i start putting work in and i mean proper work where you're working on your own pace you're not trying to work on the individual you're like five meals a day i would say i eat at least fuck i must eat at least 13 14 veg day like i'm so concerned with micros so like for example like every every morning i'll wake up and like i'll, I'll fast most of the day or fast until i'm ready and then i'll have like a protein and literally as much veg as I can get in that first meal and I just feel powered for it today I need trigger to sit and stop and go um is this right do you know somebody who's going like that your relationship looks like dog shit and you're like how dare you talk about that but then you'll go home and you'll go fuck is it shit and then welcome to today's episode of the Shredder Show today we've got Tony McAlevey yes. that is a good pronunciation um Tony is infamous on Instagram, does some sick content, it provides a lot of educational value and a lot of mum jokes, uh, very knowledgeable in terms of training, mindset, it's also got its own sick podcast and we've connected recently to Dubai, so today we're going to go through um, maximising fitness with mindset and some whatever topics we go through. First thing I want to talk about is something that actually came up for dinner when we went um, out to the Cheesecake Factory, greatest restaurant in the world, the other night, um, was you went for an event with John D. Martini that changed your life, which I'm now going to for this weekend. What happened to you on that? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good point to sort of touch on because like, it's one of these things where I wouldn't normally... Sh- usually conversations when you first meet somebody, they go one or two ways. They were very superficial or you like... And me and you were automatically like going straight into mindset. And I was like, holy fuck, this is heavy straight away. It's like a conversation yeah. you wouldn't have normally. So it was nice because then whenever I was like, you need to do this, I was like... I never like saying that because it sounds like I'm selling, but like because obviously it's not like it just made such a difference to my life. I really enjoy when somebody else gets something like that. Now you're probably gonna go and go, that was terrible, but it made a really big difference for me. Yeah, uh, so I went off a recommendation of a friend, just like you are, and I, I was like, I've no, I'm just going out of being nosy. I was like, I just want to see what this is, and for me at the time, I was firefighting, and it was it was in around two thousand pound, which was a full month's wages for me. So I was like. This has to be good. I was like, there's no way anybody in the world can charge £2,000 for a day and it'd be that good. And I went down, just sort of slightly apprehensive. And within 30 minutes, he was talking about energy in the room and frequency. And then whenever I left, I was like, oh, I'm cult, I'm believer. Like, I was like, this man has sorted my life out in so many levels. And it's made a really big difference because, and I'll just, I'll be straight, me and my dad are quite a poor relationship. There was things going on in the background. And not that I need to give you all the details, but pretty much since then, me and him have a great relationship and it's not that anything has overly changed I've just changed my perspective of it my viewpoints and what I do so it's almost like I would say like super intense therapy maybe is like the, the better way to do it like like imagine like a year of therapy in like a day because you go in you go, you start at like 6am and you don't you're not allowed to leave until you're done and like done was like 4am so it was like you're only allowed a 15 minute break but it felt like minutes you're gonna love it you're gonna be so psyched and I think, um, I sound like I have a fucking addiction problem, a load of issues now. Well, I have some, everyone has issues, right? And I think that's an important thing for people to understand is that like, for you, whether it's your fitness, your business or whatever it is, you're trying to get the next level is like, the first step is realizing like, you've always got other levels you can grow to. And I think one of the biggest things I see from a fitness perspective with guys struggling with is um, too much of an ego for asking for help, I think is a big problem. And I think psychologically people are now more 
um, pulled and triggered than ever. And I think it's more important that people try and deal and understand that how you think and feel is probably going to have the biggest impact on, well, it will have the biggest impact on your life. Yeah, absolutely. I think the best, I think the best thing is to, like, say, for example, I went to you for business mentoring or you came to me. It doesn't mean I know more than you or you know more than me. It's getting an outside-in perspective on, on your business, which is really nice because you can't see the cracks in your house when you're on the fucking inside of it. You can only see them whenever you take a step outside and go, what the fuck's going on there? And it's like, it's like do you ever see these people that are in relationships and you're like, that's not going to work, but they don't see it? Or like something so obvious, you're like, how do they not get that? And it's sometimes it's like whenever I ask my mum for advice or my sister, something completely external that you're like, oh, they wouldn't, and they can just straight away put a dime straight on it and i feel like that's what you're saying it's like it's asking for that i think i always like rephrasing like the word help because i go to therapy a bit and i always rephrase the therapist as like a mindset coach because everybody wants a mindset coach nobody wants a fucking therapist nobody wants help but everybody likes an alternative view or a bit of advice joe and i think it's it's almost manly where you're like i don't need no fucking help like i can do this on myself but as you said you are the sort of fuel to your fucking progress and it's one of the things where personally I found that the more that I've worked on that side, the more everything else has just fallen in the line. Like, I work less now and make more than I did whenever I slaughtered myself out of insecurities. Uh, and it's interesting you say that in terms of insecurities. And I think also understanding your own psychology is important. So, like, I know myself very well, and you listen to this should know yourself better than anyone else, is if I have a problem and I probably don't really want to deal with it, the only way I can deal with it is, like, to be put in a room, sat down and forced to deal with it with no other distractions. Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, I've got to go and do this work over here somewhere. Oh, I've got to go and do this. Or I need to go and work out. And I think that's where um, confronting things head on is a big thing. And also, you don't know if you don't try. Or I think too many people are too hesitant to like put the cards on the table and just see what the crack is. Do you feel like the reason that that is, though, is sometimes that not just they're ignoring it, but they're ignoring it subconsciously? Like I was really guilty of this where... I didn't realize there was issues or problems in any area like relationship, family, until I actually took some downtime. And then you're like, oh, well, that's going fucking shit. And then you're like, oh, how have I not clicked? This has been like a year. And you're like, because you actually haven't slowed down or switched off. And I think that's probably the hardest thing to do, I think, is when you switch off and you get that like look from the outside. That's why the external viewpoint's really good when somebody goes to you, how's your relationship going? And you go, all right. And then you actually go, how is it fucking going? And you're like, hmm. And then you need, you know what I mean? Or like, how's your how's your downtime? And you're like, what downtime? And then it's, I think that's nice, but you don't get enough of that like asking questions. It's like when somebody asks you, how are you? And you're like, yeah, good. But it's like, how are you really? Like mm. on, on, I think on each level. And then, because if there's a chink in your armor, like if your love life's going great uh, and you're not going out with every single woman, you're going out with one or one man or whatever the fuck's going on. But Everything it, it it'll fuel you. Whereas it, the minute that goes off, then everything else goes to shit as well. So it's just like you know, all your pieces and your puzzle. Whereas if you just ignore one, you can keep overcompensating on one side. But eventually, it's like a Jenga tower. Like you, all your blocks are fucked on this side, and you built them all. It's gonna go like. And I think I see that a lot with men who are very driven. As they, and I would say I fill into that category where you try and fill your voids with more successes and just driving and driving and driving and driving and to the point where you're like you suddenly realize like what the fuck like you've suddenly got like a massive not issue but an area over here of your life that's unfulfilled that you then need to 
deal with. Yeah, do you know what I think is a really interesting one is me and somebody, we had this conversation the other day and I think it's a case of like whenever you're insecure and you're a young lad, you're like, right, I need to, you don't realise it subconsciously, you're like plugging this with more followers, more money, more muscle is going to be the cure to all my problems. And the thing is, see when you tell somebody from the outside that like that won't solve your problems, they're like, bullshit. But the thing is, whenever you actually have it all and you go, I still have these fucking problems, you're like, well, at least I have some things in order now, which is good. But then you realise, and I think it's like that point where you hit and you go, I'm going to have to sort these because plugging these holes with more followers, more money, more muscle is actually just not really helping me at all. It's making things worse. And I think that's, you have to almost come to it yourself. I think like that is like a... That's, Awakening. Yeah, it's like wisdom with age almost. Because yeah. like if you had told me this three years ago, I'd been like, you're telling me another 150 grand in my bank account wouldn't help me right now. Shut the fuck up. It'd make me feel great. Whereas now I'm like, it, it wouldn't really change much. But you tell somebody that that doesn't have the money... And it almost sounds condescending. One of the best books, I don't know if you've read it, is Stephen Bartlett's book, A Happy Sexy Millionaire. And have you read it? No, I haven't. Okay, so when I read that, it really resonated with me. And there was a line, it was like, when you got the tan, you got the abs, you got the Range Rover, you think you'll be happy and you won't. And I was like, fuck. Because like when I was maybe seven, eight years ago, that's what I perceived. Like when you've got that, you'll have fucking everything. But the reality is that that's a bit of like a vacant void that society wants you to think that you need to have and i think the more you go down that rabbit hole you realize that's unfulfilling which is why it's important for people to then find what really fulfills them if that makes sense yeah absolutely i somebody actually picked me a question the other day and it was a it's like a friend of me we go back and forth and he said he had somebody on his podcast and he goes joe he always asked the same question. He goes, who's your hero? And somebody mentioned me. And I was like, well, firstly, I was like, he needs to get a better hero. And secondly, he goes, who? He just goes, out of curiosity, who's yours? Reply immediately who you think of. And the funniest thing is, I find that a really interesting question. Because when I say, who's your hero to you? Like, don't say it now. But immediately somebody comes. And the funniest thing was, see, for me, it was like, mum, sister, dad. And I was like, if you had asked me that three years ago, I would have been like, the rock. Or I would have been, just somebody that yeah. is like outrageously... I would have said something that's in the motivation up at 4am training Jocko Willink or something yeah, yeah something that's just a hardcore fuck whereas I was like and then I sort of sat with that and was like why did that come to the forefront of my mind and I was like because what I've struggled with the most of the last year or two is contentment and I was like who is the most content and happy individuals I know on a level I was like my mum my sister my dad and I was like they've got like they're like like most content I am was probably watching Bake Off with my mom on a Tuesday night when I'm home like it's on right now and I'm, I'm probably ripping them missing it. well no I am but it's one of them things where I find it interesting that that's where the chink of my armour was for the last year and a half and that's immediately where my hero went whereas it wasn't one of them hardcore people. I just sit and think like why they come first and did, like who popped into your mind was there anybody Th- this is really fucking weird that I'm going to say this I was David Beckham because I watched the David Beckham thing on Netflix <laughs> yeah. I think last week and my mum actually messaged me yesterday, but like, oh, I watched it and it really reminded me of you. And I was like, that's really weird. And I was like, blonde hair. I was like, mm. and it's like he's good looking. I was like, maybe. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, um, so I, I was like, why fishing for like some ego like response? And um, she's like, oh, well, he, he's always busy and he's always on the move and doing stuff. And I was like, well, that's interesting. But what I actually liked watching that was the way he carried himself and the way he portrayed himself and the way he like looked after his family and stuff like that. I thought like, I've always been someone to model other people's behavior in terms of like a life that is congruent with you. And I think um, I watched that and I was like, fuck, the guy was like one of the best professional football players of his era, hugely successful now and like owns a fucking football club, done loads of other cool shit. Like, 
and he's also got like, like two, three kids of how many years. So like, that's pretty impressive. It's it's as you said. I think it's the mannerisms of the individual. Like I, that's more so what I find you want to emulate. Like whereas like it's the way he was speaking to the camera. It wasn't like this documentary is about me. I'm big balls. It was mm. just like calm, collected. You've seen it. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. I'm on the. I'm on near the last episode now. So you've caught me at the perfect time for this. Uh, but I think it's one of the things where for me it's like. I really admire that as you get older and I've only really started copping on now as I'm turning twenty I'm turning twenty eight, is like you just become a lot more settled in who you are. You don't feel the need to go out like I I would have had like this over sense of like fear of missing out and nights out now and I actually struggle to get out now because I'm like I'm not missing on fu- I'm not missing out in fuck all. If anything I'm actually losing time. I'm like, give me a kinder bar, give me a good show and let me relax the fuck and I'm content. I don't want to talk shit and shake hands for the fiftieth time. And I think it's really nice when you see that in a person because you're like I'm getting the real you if I was to, if you were to bump into him you're getting the real him you're not getting a facade or and I think that's that is a tricky one to watch when you meet people it's not that, not that there's anything wrong but it's like it's hard to peel people back and I feel like that's why you probably were like he's my because he's just 100% you're like what's on the tin is what you get with him um, what I really liked that resonated was that I think one of the best years of his career he was suffering with like severe depression I think after like the Argentina thing, we got sent off, and they were hanging fucking um, oh, things of him, and he was like just crushing it. But no one knew of like what he was going through. I was like, that shows what the top level people are willing to like can still do, even when they don't feel like it. And it set an example to me of like, if you don't feel like it, still means you can still perform at high level. Yeah, no, I think it's one of the things. I I think yeah, whenever you watch something like that or you read a book, it always relates back to you because you will relate it back to you. Like for example, the first thing I thought about that is the amount of hate I get online, the amount of hate I get in in my lo- like local areas, and I was like, well, if he can handle it from the entirety of England, I was like, I can handle it. I can handle it online. Like he was actually getting people death threats, and I was like, man, it's not that bad. Yeah, it probably will be by the end of this podcast. And the howling. Yeah, I was going to say no howling. Jesus Christ. But yeah, it's it's one of them things where like that to me, I think you always relate it back to you, and it's interesting because like even with like the hate and stuff, like it's how it was dealt with over time, which is very. And do you know what I enjoy? It's not the fact that it didn't affect me because it does. It's like how you managed it. It's like it's like people who turn around and go, a "Breakup didn't affect me," or "My dad Dan didn't affect me." I know it affected you, but what what way? What what way did you cope with it? How did you handle it? And for me, I enjoy that side when people are like almost vulnerable. We're like, yeah, it fucking sucked, but I done X, Y, and Z, or I don't fuck all. I just had to wait and sort of seep through it. But that is doing something in itself. What you said there was very interesting in terms of how things affect you, because I think a lot of things sometimes linger with us in our mind. You don't realize, and I also think that what happens is that people then sometimes lead into some like addictions from that, whether it be like alcohol, drugs, women. Um, we have like a, a lot of fitness clients who come to us with those types of issues, which I inherently have a very addictive personality and I think you probably do as well. Um, and for me, I've always just found that I have to just focus my addiction into positive constructive addictions um, that can help me and help others rather than going down like the wrong path, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's like really good example is like when my <laughs> my mom watches all my podcasts, I sound like a twelve year old, but like she'll laugh at this. Uh, but pretty much my ones gave up smoking, and it's like when you give up one bad habit, if you don't replace that with a good habit, you're picking up a shitty habit. And I see see my family, they all gave up mom, dad, auntie, all gave up smoking at the one time, and they may as well have just picked up forks. 
because everybody got heavy as fuck really really quick and she's gonna fucking kill me for that but that's the <laughs> truth it was like you know, swapping what we're gonna swap cigarettes for loads of food and it, like whereas that's where you also see people who give up cigarettes and they become like iron man and all it's yeah. like i think it is in the personality i think it's also like one of the things where if you struggle to switch off it's like i know rightly people be like i couldn't live without my business now you could you would just end up picking up something else as you said whether it's good or bad or whatever it is it's just it's just i don't know if it's I don't know if it's hardwired from birth, but it's probably all your insecurities. It's, it's like it's filling a void, I think. Yeah, over time, and it's one of the things where hopefully at some stage <laughs> these voids are filled up with. I have a lot of hobbies, but yeah, I think it. I think it's just my brain ponders all that. You know, like whenever you ask me that, I'm like rotating. I think it's as you said, you have to try and fuel yourself. You're gonna go somewhere. It's just you may as well point where you're going rather than just going, life's just going to fuck me this direction. You may as well go, I may as well put it into making money or put it into business or put it into content because there's always going to be something. Like, that's what my ones always say to me. They're, they're like, once you stop this, there'll be something else. And I imagine, like, when I have kids or whatever, that'll be where my energy will go. And then it'll move again. Do you know what I mean? It just, I imagine there'll be periods like that. I think the problem is a lot of people are too hard on themselves with that. They're like, I work too much. But what's the quality of your life like? What's the contentment like? Is is there anything wrong with what you're doing? Because people be like, oh, I haven't taken a day off in two weeks. But I'm like, did you need to? Like, Did what, you want to? Yeah. Are you enjoying things? It's like, I really enjoy filming content. I mean, really, to, yesterday was the first day I got a bit of a mental block. And I was like, I'm not going to film. It's not that big of a deal. I filmed for like two weeks. It was great. Yesterday was a shit show. Today it's back to normal. Whereas I feel like a lot of it is the judgmental we the judgment we put in ourselves from the emotion of the action. It's like me and you go for food after this. It's the judgment I put myself under from what I order to the pressure I put myself whereas it's like it's just a bit of food. It's not that big of a deal but to us it feels like everything. Yeah, at that moment you're like holy fuck whereas when you zone out because one thing I love about home and the reason I go home quite a lot is Sounds very depressing, but my bedroom window stirs out of the biggest graveyard around our, like our like town, and every morning, every night when I go to bed, I see the graves, and I, and whenever I take the dog for a walk, I go straight to the graveyard. I sound creepy as fuck, but it's constant reminder. Like I'm going in this six foot hole. Like I'm going up there. I'll be there. I've spent my whole life there. But the thing is, I find it really refreshing, because I'm like. It makes me like do stuff. It'll make me go right. What what matters more? And I'll send a lot of texts to people and go, "What's going on in your life now?" And I always notice the more I do that, the more calm things get. And it's even when shit does hit the fan with business, like you know yourself, you be everything's going hunky dory, and then it's like, "Holy fuck, this shit's burning down around me." But then whenever I'm up there, I'm like, "No, this really matters massively." I know that's not nice to say, but do you know what I mean? Uh, I think one of the favorite things I think I saw Alex Hormozzi say was like, "If you zoom out far enough, you can't see the Earth." And I was like. That's an interesting perspective of how fucking irrelevant everything is. Yeah. And I think when people listen to this are stressing about work, marriage, whatever, other than health, that's the most important thing because and here's a heard, I think it's Bradley who said this, is like, would you rather have ten million dollars um or would you rather wake up tomorrow? Like and or would you prefer to wake up tomorrow? Yeah. Because it's like well, then, if you wake up tomorrow, then you should really appreciate that because it's worth more than $10 million, right? Because when you think about it, it's like, fuck, that's a really interesting perspective because I know I do it and a lot of people do it, take too much for granted. And I think that is where people struggle with gratitude and also sometimes appreciating stuff. 
Yeah, it's the reframe, and like that uh, D Martini course I'll talk about. It's like, and uh, don't know if you've listened to Mo Gallat. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Like he says, like it takes nine positive emotions to outweigh one negative. So like, for every time you feel jealousy, you need nine reasons why you're not jealous of that person. So say I turn around and goes, "Fuck, Charlie's way bigger than me," and I need to think of nine reasons why I'm I wouldn't swap my life for his. So I'd be like, "I have a really good relationship with Mum, Joe X, Y, and Z," and you list these out, and you, you eventually you feel like that scale of like jealousy instead of me being like i want your life it's like oh no i oh, know i'll take mine i like i like what i have but if you don't reframe that constantly everything starts to look better because you're like oh he's this life and then the next person you see you reframe whereas if every time you get away with jealous or comparison because everybody everybody does think like oh fuck it like people can go oh i don't do that but naturally subconsciously we do at times and the more you reset that level i feel like naturally now whenever i remember going out for a meal with somebody and i'll not say who in spain and we went out a couple of times, and every time there was something wrong with the food for him, whether it was too small, it was too dear. The steak was undercooked once, then it was over, it was too small, it was too dear. And whereas I was immediately like, if the food shit the crack, like, like the I mean, hate to have the conversation with who I'm with, right? Yeah, like, or, really like or tell me the drink's good. You yeah, know, like yeah. we like we went we went to, out last night for food, and one of the side dishes was wank. But like the thing is, the drink was great, and all I was like, I was like, oh, taste this, and it's just like. Naturally, I was doing that without realizing it because I'm f- I'm not trying to frame the positive and hype things up. It's just the more you hardware and the more you reframe that, and it's tough at the start. But it's like list three things you're grateful for, and people struggle to write them down. And it always has to be different things. But the more you do it naturally, the better you get it. The more you hardware it in yourself. That's why gratitude lists, although they sound airy fairy, they do naturally make you feel better. Like if you're feeling like shit and you're crying from a breakup or your head's minced to your business, going writing a list of what's actually good in your life or what you're grateful for at least will at least give you some sort of like, oh, well, at least I've got my mum in my life or my dad. You know, people don't get that at all. I think uh, to do with actually two of the things that I do that help me a lot is one, I write my goals out in present tense as if I've already achieved them. And then the other one is like what I'm grateful for to then give like each end of this perspective. And I say for anyone who wants to be successful or achieve anything because if you want to be in the top 1% of people in the world all you have to do is literally write down your goals it's as simple oh, as that yeah because yeah, it's reframing it's hardware on yourself a lot of people will also be like oh I don't know but it's like you need to do it and do it consistently for time and then you're like oh this isn't bullshit this works it's like some people don't like the cold showers and stuff see for me it's not about the benefits of whatever information it's just I just get a kick out of doing something that requires discipline. So even the fact of you're willing to write it down every day and make the five minutes, that discipline then links into something else in your life and it's like a compound. Yeah, exactly. It's like the reason like you notice fitness coaches do quite well with business is because they've got they've got this thing where they've got the villain arc, somebody breaks up with them and then they go from fat to super fit and lean, they realise for the first time in their life that hard work actually pays off so then they go into business. <laughs> who would have thought it i know exactly and then it's like right well if i do this i'll do it with business whereas if you do it with personal development the funniest thing is when you do it with that that lights everything up so much better like your sex life your home life everything becomes better and then that fuels you because like for example a lot of people that don't have the personal development side i find that as you said the height and work versus if you I've noticed I've made more money, I've worked less, I'm less stressed now because I really enjoy my home life with the stuff that I worked on with my dad. I want to take time off because that lights me up and then it fuels me like a positive feedback loop. Whereas if I work overwork and don't take time off, I do shit or work and you just end up in this burnout cycle of just muck. Whereas you know yourself, you go to take a walk and you're like, I don't need a walk, I'm so fucking busy. 
But I love that. I was listening to that podcast the other day. It was one of Stephen Bartlett's, and I was like, when have you ever went for a walk? I went, I really regret that walk. Like fair point, yeah. Like, never, because you just get headspace. And I, I went to a mindset coach before, and he said, your best ideas come when you... He, he spent years with writer's block, and I found this very interesting. So he spent years in France trying to become a writer, and he said, and I couldn't do it. He was like, I used to go to a cafe, real good pen, sit down, primed, and just get writer's block. And he goes, the reason you get writer's block is he spent so much time researching it, because he was like, why do, I have, why do I have so much writer's block? And he found it that... And I find this so interesting is, your most create creativity will come when your subconscious mind is, is free to flow, but you're, you're semi-conscious. So this is why, for example, when you move your arms, your legs, and you're walking, you get better ideas, or whenever you're in very small conversations, or when you're driving, you're doing enough that you're occupied, that you have to... You're, you, it almost like your subconscious just go. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I was like, that makes so much sense, because I get all my best thoughts, like, in the shower, yeah. walking, driving. And see, when you say it to other people, they're like, yeah, so do I. And I'm like... Yeah, it's not because you're special. It's not because I'm special. The Shaw are special. It's because that exact. It's just occupying you enough. Whereas if you sit down, sometimes you don't get it. It's it. You're it, forcing the scenario. It's not interesting. I'll give you a really weird situation which started to happen to me. Maybe I'm not training hard enough. It seems to me like the middle of the set, like seventh, <laughs> seventh to eighth rep. I go like, "That's a really fucking great idea." Like we're in the middle of a fucking row or something. Yeah. And I'm like shit, I need to write that down. It's because you're in flow. Mm. It, it's like it, you're taking a break. See, it's because you probably work all the time and then that's your downtime. So then your body's actually free to... It doesn't feel under pressure because you know that you're not having to... I don't have to message this person. I don't do this. It's free to go into the sets, come out of them and just free flow because you probably came up with a bit of the idea during the rest or and then it's flowed in. That happens to me, but it's like a... What do you call that? Like when a, an epiphany moment. Yeah. And it's like whenever somebody's talking, you're like, I'm getting light bulbs. It's like, fuck, this is far. But I find it really interesting because, like, that creativity is, like, so hard to get, especially whenever you're for your business because it helps you your next move and you know yourself. Like, w coaches in particular, like, the main issue of the business is the coaches themselves because they're without sound cheeky. You're like me and you we're idiots at times <laughs> it's just not being smart and not treating the business like a business owner whereas the creative energy is probably the most important thing because you can look in make decisions and that helps you scale so much I think uh, the same thing when it comes to people with getting in shape is they often lack the ability to actually think clearly about what they're doing because I think too many people don't actually think about what they're doing and why they're literally just doing for the sake of doing like you see the same person go to the gym for like 10 15 years do the same thing over again and look exactly the same and i think a lot of people lack the ability to think critically like if this isn't working maybe you should look at doing something else or changing something or asking someone for help if that makes sense yeah absolutely it's like whenever you people go i think one of the things that i find really interesting now as well is like a lot of it because i've done quite a lot of work on the personal development side and the relationships and family life and business i find that like nowadays it's one of these things where people will go this is broke and just park it and move it's like my like me and my dad's relationship was shite i didn't i i was willing to park it but then whenever i start putting work in and i mean proper work where you're working on your own pace you're not trying to work on the individual you're like how do i frame my perception of this situation and change and play around you notice shit start to get better and it's because you haven't went it's like a lot of the time you see relationships break down now whatever's the wouldn't 20 years ago because when you got married 20 years ago, if you got fucking divorced, it was a different ball game. It was like, we're in this together, we're going to work for it. Whereas now it's like, the door's always sort of cracked. Cause, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it, no, it's not always cracked. I believe like if you're married, you're locked in. I'm not saying that to anybody. I get married in the future, don't hold this against me. But you get where I'm coming from. It's like, it's much easier to get out now. Whereas before it was like, I have no choice but to make this work. It's like relationships where people don't put 
titles on it. Mm. It's like, I'm not putting a title on this because I'm ready to leave at any time point. Do you think that is almost why some people shouldn't get married? It's a different subject. Because if you're not married, any person could fuck off at any point and then it also puts them in a position where they both have to make an effort to make it work because there's not anything connecting you. And but, I say that as someone who's divorced, but... Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I think it's I think it's it's very interesting. Like, it's like saying if you have to work together or should work together, what works better? I don't I don't know. I think sometimes, like, I'm a bit of a meathead. I'm like, uh, well, if I'm in, I'm in. I'm going to work harder that way. So for me, it's like... Commitment, all in. Yeah, it's like whenever I was firefighting, like when I was running in the burning building, I wasn't going... I'm maybe sort of going in here. I was like, I'm going fully in, so I may as well fucking go for it. And I found that everything in life, if you don't go, like, it takes just as much time to put in 50% as it does 100. So for me, I'd rather, even from a mental standpoint, I'd be like, I gave that everything and it didn't work, then I can go and park it. But nine times out of ten, if you give it everything, it usually fucking works, like, which is the frustrating thing. It's like my, if you'd have seen the way our family life was before, and then you see the stuff I put on Instagram, and I say this, and people are like, nah this is bullshit I'm like if you saw what it was like uh, five years ago and I'm like but like if there's any issues in our house you're fucking brought into our conservatory and you're sat down it's a fucking full scale intervention because you've left a fucking plate in the sink and it's one of them things where everything is snipped because molehills have been made in the mountains over time so it's like anything and then you calling somebody on something it's like it's well sorted but it's like there's been so much shitty work put in there but it's the same with like a good relationship, a good business. It's like the ground shitty work day on day. It's like posting content every day for years, and then you go viral, and people are like, it's "Just it's one post." He's always had it. He's always he's always been really good at content. Suck the back of them, lads. It's just one of them things. It's the same with the family life because people go to me. I wish I had that relationship you have with your ones, and I'm like, trust me, it's a lot of work, but it, it's worth it in the end. I'd rather put my energy into that thing, park it, and go. This is shit. It's the same with the work, the business. A lot of people tend to go. I'm just shit at content. No, you're just shit at practicing and being disciplined with it. Or actually know what you're teaching. Exactly. Bang on. Like if you, like if you're like, oh well, I don't know if I should post this because it's right. Go learn, and then that builds your confidence. It's like anybody who argues against me of one of my posts, which happens literally all the time. I'm like, I have solid understanding of this topic, and if you aren't a moron, you can see my viewpoint. And I can see yours. Doesn't mean either of us is because you know yourself. Coaching's all sort of opinion based. Yes, perceptions, right? Yeah, like you could go high volume, I could go to low volume, and we get the same result with somebody. It's not like it's personal my, preference. Mine's better. It's just like, yeah, sweet. That's but, but Arnold did this. Yeah. Oh, fuck off! Like, see if I see another fucking. Oh, I give abuse to that all the time, and then everybody comes at me with Frank C and Tom Platt's comments, and my Instagram's just full of them. But yeah, I find it interesting. I find that whole. The hard work thing, obviously it's basic, but like you don't realise it. One of the things I think is talking about for anyone from the fitness side of things is to talk about like food addiction and having a healthy relationship with food. You having uh, been in touch with you here and seen what you've been eating recently seem to have a very good relationship in terms of eating a lot of ice cream and eating out and eating 10,000 calorie croissants. I have, I have also eaten, I think I ate half a croissant. It's fucking great. Oh, so that, that, good. Like, so for anyone for context listen to this, there's a place in Dubai, I can't remember what it's called, that does like... Bohawks or yeah, yeah, something like that. Boho, Bo. I think it's B O H O X. It's beside them all. It's banging, but like they got a giant croissant, and it it literally is like. But you think it'd be shit, but it tastes great. So good, it's so addictive. How um, how do you structure that in terms of your nutrition? In terms of eating that in with what you're doing, or is it just on an ad hoc basis and just pulling calories from everywhere else? And 
do you get what like a lot of trainers do which is a, a bad relationship with food sometimes with that yeah like the, the see for me personally i'll be i'll be blunt i don't a show in like the end of april and i think personally for me and i would say 90 percent of people who compete probably shouldn't compete and i think a lot of people will be like oh. but see if you get triggered by that when i say that you're probably the person who shouldn't compete whereas you should be like yeah i get that because for, for me I probably will end up doing it again like a moron, but it's not for and me. So, and so will I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, we, we said this the other day. It's, it's not for me. I'm just a moron. So the thing is, I got bad food relationship off it, struggled with body image. I got really good discipline, though. So, like, there is pros and cons. Like, I got, like, I can't sleep past 5, 36 a.m. now. Like, I put up a story every day of me doing press. I was like a lunatic. And it's one of these things where there's, there's like, everything. It's got pros and cons. But with the food relationship side of things, I'm just very... I like the words healthy now. Like, I sit in 3,500 calories a minute. I'm slowly building up. But, like, I probably have, like, five meals a day. I would say I eat at least... Fuck, I must eat at least 13, 14 veg a day. Like, I'm so concerned with micros. So, like, for example, like, every every morning I'll wake up and, like, I'll, I'll fast most of the day or fast until I'm ready. And then I'll have, like, a protein and literally as much veg as I can get in that first meal. And I just feel powered for it today. Don't know whether that's just, like, subconscious or what but it's like every meal must have protein and fruit or veg and then you can load up the rest and it's just naturally like that and then whenever it comes to the one meal off i'm almost like it's one meal and like on the day i go and have a ten thousand calorie croissant or whatever the meal is or like last night i went out for like a chinese and i had a drink i don't be like oh my god i need to bank calories i'm like i'll roughly call this because i've been doing it so long i'm not prepping for a show and i feel like a lot of people stay in this forever eternal where, like, I challenge you, if you're addicted to tracking, to take a little bit of time off tracking and see what happens. And the thing is, what naturally happens is if you're not, if you're tuned in individual, you can start, sort of start calling it, like, you're like, right, I'm gaining weight, I'll probably stop having fucking kinder at night, like a fat cunt. Versus sometimes I find, for me personally, the more I'm restricted, the more I want something. Do you know what I mean? I'll give the same example this I had on a podcast earlier, is for me in terms of work so like I get to the point where maybe at the moment I'm a bit burnt out I can't really, I don't really want to work if tomorrow I say you're not allowed to work what's the first thing I want to do oh straight away I want to work I'm like I want to fucking I'm going to go like look at my fucking ad account or do whatever I want to look at the Facebook groups like you're you're getting pulled back in because psychologically I'm not allowed to do it and I think that's just understanding your own human nature I think yeah absolutely it's, it's one of the things where like even just with the restriction around that like I think a lot of people think like what's he doing with this but at the same time like yes my weight might go up the next day like I think I spiked like two kilos off the croissant but like it went down a kilo the next day and I just probably I just naturally ate less because I felt like fat yeah, just you felt, just don't want to eat do you yeah I just felt shit because I had, had this massive croissant of like 10,000 calories with loads of Nutella and I spread it all over it but you just naturally rebalance whereas like if I go into this hardcore restriction again it just creates that shitty binge like cycle you get when you're 16 and you're fucking eating tubs of kinder uh, and Nutella and all but it's yeah for me I just pride myself on like I eat healthy and then I track calories most of the time I try and take the pressure off because I think what is what is good for me long term and the more I look at it see the more you you over stress about it all it just takes away any enjoyment from it and like the whole point of it is fitness for me I always stick with the idea that fitness should complement your life not complicate it and for a long time period as much as I'll say it didn't complement my life. It complicated. I made sure it did because I was so paranoid of getting results. But the funny thing is, the results take a fucking lifetime anyway. So you may as well have a bit of a downtime because you'll work harder during your your power, your power periods. Do you know what I mean? I find that it's more so it complicates other people in your life as well. You start to become very reclusive. Reclusive. 
That's the key word. Like, I you did, don't want to go out because you want to stay at home and eat your food. You don't want to like socialize. You become a hermit, right? The one. Do you know what's a really key saying? And some people will get this if you've prepped you well. When you start wanting to eat your food alone and by yourself and in your like, I've had car. Yeah, like for example, really good example is like every night when I was prepping, like I would save up like calories for oats and dark chocolate and peanut butter and strawberries. Like it was my thing. And, like, if you talked to me during that meal, I'd fucking rip your head off because it's, like, it felt like the only... Whereas that's not the way that should be. And, like, I noticed if, if I was in the house, I would almost be like, I want to take this to my room. That's, like, Joe, if you imagine you relate that back to caveman days, it's, like, you taking your food away from everyone else naturally because you're, like, I don't want anybody... You steal this. You steal it or see me. And that's whenever you're, like... It's like, it's like Gollum with a ring in the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, except I probably look worse than Gollum <laughs> at that stage. Probably skinnier and less muscle, but... Uh, it's interesting because then I didn't notice it at the time, but looking back, I'm like, that's not healthy. Like, you're made to eat as a group, a community, and then you separate yourself. It's like couples who go to bed at different time periods are shown to break up where, where like, more chance of breakup. It's couples that don't eat together, families that don't eat together. It's like when I was in the fire service, it's like, you, like, I remember eating my lunch one day by myself, like, and they were like, you don't do that. Like, that, no. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm just having a sandwich. And they were like, we eat together. And it's just like, that's the standard. And I actually really respect that. Like, whenever I'm home now, even if I'm eating different different meals, eat at the same time. I think stuff like that's really key for your food relationship because then it, it, it relates that it's not just about the food. It's, it's a conversation. The, it's about the people around the table. And I think that is a really hit-home point. And whenever food starts complicating, like, my family go, we're going out for a meal, and I'm like, fuck, my, my head goes to calories. And I'm like, fuck, do I have the calories? And I'm like, I'm like, dial off and I'll sort I'll I'll not binge I'll not go over I'll go out for the meal make a smart decision a little bit over not a stress pull calories the next day relax don't do an extra 20 minutes call if you need to relax take the fucking pressure so the main problem is just I think people put, like I'm so guilty of I'm sorry we just put this judgmental pressure on ourselves guilt that's the word I use like yeah like, and the thing is like, it's funny because I'll do this right now and I'll go out for food tomorrow and I'll be in my head I'll be like how many calories in that? naturally but the thing is it's just like, I'm almost getting a stress relief saying this. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, none of it. Do- I know that sounds, but it, it's release. And then the thing is, you work better, you eat better off that. Like, whenever I'm no pressure with the food, I naturally just eat better. Do you know what I mean? Because like, like, you're not forcing the situation, right? And it's, yeah. Everyone listening to this, you're a fucking responsible adult. You know that, it, like, should you eat the fucking 10,000 calorie croissant or should you just eat, like the steak and vegetables and rice like we went to the cheesecake factory right so like I think we all had the same thing like filet mignon I had rice and asparagus yeah like I could go and have a cheesecake and the quesadillas and the all the other good shit that I want to have or you can there is a sensible option you can eat yeah absolutely I think as well one of the key things is like a really good way to frame that last point as well is like when it feels like pressure and you have to force it it's not usually a fart, it's usually shit. <laughs> and I know that sounds terrible, but it's a really good idea because it's like when you go on a date and you put that much pressure on the date that you want it to go well, it's going to go completely shit. Whereas any date I've been on where I'm more relaxed and I don't give two fucks, the connection's better, I flow better, everything moves really well. It's like when you put that, what's the word, you put that expectation on what it should be like and that, that pressure. But you feel it in your stomach then, it crushes you, right? Because you, yeah. you can't be who you are or genuine. No, you, you come across almost, fa- in every word, it's like, I see it a lot of the time, I'm sure you do too, with content. Oh, uh, you see people who are being who they're not, if that makes sense. I, so like, uh, to be transparent, I w- wasn't sure if I liked you before because I was seeing your content because it's like, <laughs> that's not really my thing. And then when we met, I was like, 
that's just who he is and I, like and I could see it straight away and I knew what it was but from an outsider I was like I don't really I'm not sure like who this oh, guy you is wouldn't make, like, when people see this podcast they'll be like how did that happen because yeah. it will come across like two external completely whereas the thing is people forget that like they, like it's not that I'm a different person on camera it's like you'll see hints of that in this podcast yeah, and I see it in your personality in conversation when we go for dinner right like yeah. shit will come up and I'm like I, I, I see it where it's yeah. like if I say for example if like I was to try and do your type of content it wouldn't fucking work because I'm a very like logical serious person so it's not like I'm not going to make mum jokes and all that yeah. shit all the time so it's where, like no exactly it's, it's, it's I find it whereas vice versa it's like but it takes some time to get used to that because you see mm. somebody get success with one line and you see everybody starts like, doing it. I see a lot of people like using mom jokes. Like, don't get me wrong, I didn't invent the mom jokes, but it's like one of them things where like, or they're calling themselves names in the third person. I'm like, I can tell what you're doing and I, I don't really care. But the thing is, it's like, it actually, I'm like this watching it going, oh, and then I get people sent me my DMs and I'm like, I'm not the only person thinking that. And it just comes across as inauthentic, and then I think then you you can end up losing yourself in that too. Do you know what I mean? Like, see, for a long time, I was people like lose that. your own fucking identity. That's a problem because they're becoming a shit version of you rather than the greatest version of themselves. And that's the reality. Is like everyone listens to this. Your goal should be the greatest version of you, not like a a shit version of Tony. It's because a shit version of Charlie. Yeah. It, do you know what I think it is? I think a lot of it's because you're money focused rather than mission or vision focused and that sounds wishy-washy but it's not it's like whenever i got really clear on like my mission and my vision and my values i found that content just flowed because i was like i'm being very serious it's all research based and i was like yeah i am a bit of a dweeb with the research you know yourself biomechanics love it all like all that geeks but at the same time i am 100 percent a messer and i will be like a complete like just take the piss out of everything you'll hear the words that come out of my mouth you're like what is going on and i was like that's who I am. That needs to come across. And if you don't like me, you don't like me. Because whenever you meet me in person, people are going, fuck, you're very different to your content. Whereas people are like, no, you're different, but I know where that comes from. Yeah, you, you see the personality, right? Yeah, and I think that that's the key. Whereas, as you say, I love that, like, the, you don't know where you're at. But, like, my mission is pretty much to help a younger version of myself. I think a lot of people will be like that. The younger version that was coming out of uni that took drugs, couldn't get a woman to save his life, still can't. And it's one of these things where they struggled on all areas of confidence. So I want to, and then at 24, now I'm 28, I want to help the 24-year-old version of me. So that's why I'm focusing more on mindset, personal development, issues with that side. And that's naturally where I do. So I speak, whenever I'm speaking content, I go, you silly bastard. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to me four years ago because there's somebody out there that needs to hear exactly the tone I said because I, I would need somebody to shake me and go, you're thick as fuck. You are a moron. And then me go, no, no, I'm not. And it almost get triggered bad enough to go, think fuck he's right I need trigger to sit and stop and go um is this right do you know if somebody's going like that your relationship looks like dog shit and you're like how dare you talk about that but then you'll go home and you'll go fuck is it shit and then the way it's like and you thank yourself for it it's like the people who tell you the harsh truth that's what I want I want people just to be boom that's what it is you said something there which is like the whole mission of what I do and who I'm trying to become and it's the person, the man I needed to be five years ago. Yeah. For myself. To then be though. that for other people. But I like Yusuf, who was on the podcast before that, said that I am that person to him. And it's me, me, that's my mission is helping other people in that respect because the challenges I've had, the problems you've had, at the time, I didn't really have anyone who could help me with some of the issues I had. And that's where 
I think about trying to build myself into the type of person that has so much value can help those people that that's my mission that's why I'm going to the John D. Martini thing that's why I'm trying to dig into all the flaws of who I have because that's when you can become the all-rounded greatest version of yourself yeah absolutely it's one of the things where like I said that to Adam I was like fuck he's on it because I've, I've told loads of people about D. Martini very few have booked and I'm always like when somebody books I'm like you're on my wavelength because I got told on I remember getting told on the Monday that about it and like the person messaged me the next day going how'd you find last night because we had cooked food and stuff and I was like yeah unreal I was like I'm going to Martini in like a, a month and he was like sweet mother of Christ and I, it was pretty much like you're a lunatic and I was like yes I am and then whenever you booked I was like you're a lunatic I'd enjoy this and I was like that's the sort of people I want to be around because then there's that idea of like you go to that and you'll get a different viewpoint you'll come back talk to me about it and I'll get value from what you tell me yeah, because yeah. you'll have picked it up completely different than how yeah, I picked it up. Yeah, and I, you'll not be afraid to share. And I just find the more you give in that sense, the more you get, especially with the personal development. As you said, the five-year younger thing, you're just looking to pick up them small percentages. And that's why I think a lot of people in the like, game start to get like bashing heads because they're like, there's not enough room for everyone. But like, you now wouldn't speak to a five-year younger version of me and vice versa. Like, you, you're five-year younger, you wouldn't... Uh, like, our five-years younger version of each other would fucking hate each other. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's very interesting because you obviously evolve and I think that's why you consistently have to keep focusing on that because yeah. as you have children, as I have children or as the family life moves, you get married, you're, you're, you'll change and then you'll want to give advice to your self just married or just with kids because you'll be like fuck I wish I knew this or I wish I was doing this I wish I prioritised this so it's like passing it down because like I always find that I always get the best advice from my mum my dad my sister that are just slightly ahead not in terms of business or success but just ahead of life because life experience wisdom wisdom comes with age and it's not a case of they know more it's the fucked up more so you're getting the juice. It's like, do you know, whenever somebody's walking in front of you in the fall and they, they trip over a curb, you're like, well, I'm not going to trip on that curb. Do you know what I mean? It's literally that simple, but it's like, we can be very apprehensive. And I think some people are very apprehensive by taking advice from people that aren't financially better or aren't this. But sometimes the best advice is from somebody that's not... To do with what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes. Not always the case. Like, I wouldn't take business advice from somebody that's fucking skint as fuck. But they or, give or fitness advice from somebody who's really out of shape. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think you have to walk the walk. But, like, if I want contentment or family advice, I'm like... Oh, it's a different game. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of the things where, like, it's sometimes nice. Like, I get some of the best business advice from my sister because she's target demographic. So, like, that makes sense. So, it's just one of the things where you also have to take in advice. And I think a lot of people also need to remember that you do need to be careful. This, I think this is a caveat to this, and this is nice, is even with us, is no advice is gospel and I think a lot of your answers are internal and it's nice to sometimes vent like one of the weirdest things I do and my mum always knows that I'm overthinking or my sister because there'll be a load of deleted messages on whatsapp and they're like what the fuck's this boy out like four in the morning but I'll voice note them as if I'm talking to them and then I'll delete the message usually if I get the answer do you know how you can talk yourself around you're just venting because like sometimes I go on and I just vent and it's not like a rant or anything you're just talking through it and then you're like oh no that's my answer I'm like that's it and I'm like you don't even need to hear this this is five minutes of shit but I find that a lot of people will go external and then what they like to do is they like to put that I don't know where the quote comes from I'm not sure maybe you know but it's like it might be Jordan Peterson or maybe somebody else it's like one of the saddest days in like a man's life is when they realise that like their dad doesn't know all the answers or their mum doesn't because that's the stage where you have two choices I think it's Jordan Peterson you either pretend they do and continue to ask them questions and let them guide you or you go, they know just as fuck all as I do, and you start taking ownership for it because you're like, they're just winging it. And I find that very relieving because I'm like, whenever a kid does come to me or somebody comes to me younger, like, I don't have it all figured out. I'm just giving my best 
advice that you have right now? That's all I have right now, and it's one of the things where like that can be wrong, that can be right. I'm giving whatever I feel is key, but I think a lot of people, I would have done this, and I guarantee, and maybe you wouldn't, but I would have been like, give me advice and I'll do that, because then subconsciously when it goes wrong, it's I your fault. Yeah, I can blame you. It's like whenever people go away for relationship advice, now there's getting a viewpoint, and that's fine, but like turn around to someone going, what do you think I should do? That is literally just going. Here's the, here's the driving wheel. Here's everything to do with my life. You just pick the direction, and that person can go right. We're going into a fucking wall, baby. That's where we're going, and it's it's you'll be happy with that because you're the pressure's not me to make the decision, and I feel like that happens because we're lost with like taking not responsibility. You're like, but you subconsciously don't realize you're doing it because I would have done that for a long time, and I got pulled on that. Well, they don't I, take control. I got pulled on that, and I was like. No, 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 like, I get advice because they're really good at helping me. And I was like, no, it's because I don't want the responsibility for when shit goes wrong. And that is like, ah, do you know, like, when you're like, ah. Stabbed to the fucking heart. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you fuckers. I was like, you figured out my whole life. Uh, and now I'm, like, very, I, I always I always say this in podcasts, people be sick to death if they've seen me before. I always flip a coin and then peer pressures me into making the decision within, like, 20 seconds. So, like, if I can't decide in a main, like, whenever I couldn't decide to quit the fire service, I flipped a coin, was heads, heads was quit and tails was stay mid flip i was like i know what i'm doing i didn't let the coin decide it just pressures me and if i ever can't decide i do just let the coin decide but it's just like there's no right or wrong decision just fucking make one and stop dilly dying because i find speed's the main killer and the last thing i'd finish this on is that anyone who's not making a decision you have to realize that is making a decision because indecision is what fucking kills you and what slows most people down why most people can't get in shape most people can't be successful why most people don't achieve anything yeah like the the i love that i always i always roll out as well it's like failure and success are on the same path and as long as you're walking forward even if you fall into a pit you think oh well not making the decision i'm not falling into the pit but you have to go into the pit to then get up and go out and continue the path. Whereas if you never go into the pit, you're 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 actually further behind the person that failed because you're going to fail at some stage. You're just procrastinating on it. So yeah, no, that's bang on. That's a good note to finish. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, where can people find out more about you, Tony? Oh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, just at Tony McAlevey. The podcast I do is the Muscle and the Hustle. It's actually zero muscles, zero hustle. It's just mindset and weird talk. So you'll it everything but yeah that's it you find me on all platforms just Tony McAlevey thank you very much for having me on Uh, make sure you check them out guys make sure you enjoy the show if you did please make sure you uh, tag us to your stories make sure you subscribe (laughs) drop Tony a follow (laughs) and we'll see you next episode soon